So I have this privilege this morning where I'll be sharing specifically out of Acts chapter 7. And Acts chapter 7 is an incredible, wonderful passage. It's about Stephen, who was the first martyr as a disciple and a follower of Jesus who was, was put to death because of his faith. And um, I thought, I just want to read this passage in the beginning because it is such a powerful passage. But I knew I've got to give some context to people so that you understand. Because when I start this, this passage, it is just bang. It just starts and it just goes. It's an incredible part of the Bible. So let me just give you one sentence of a bit of a context of where this comes from. So Stephen specifically, he's a disciple. He's one of the first believers and he was, being, he was being used by the apostles to do wonderful things. Um, and then he gets accused falsely by the council of the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish council. And they, and they, they, they take him to the council and they bring him before the authorities. And he has to defend himself. So that all happens from chapter 7, from the beginning, from verse 1 to verse 50, he defends himself before the Sanhedrin. And basically, in a nutshell, he shares basically a walk through the Bible, a little mini walk through the Bible, pointing to everyone, the Messiah. And uh, the wonderful thing is that in this space, it's, it's 1 to 50 verses. So it's a little, if you're going to do it, I wasn't going to preach on that alone. So I thought I'll just mention it. You're welcome to go and read that before the service because I'm going to be speaking about his final response after sharing his defense. We read this most amazing statement that he makes to all the Jewish authorities, all those that are in power, and he shares this most profound statement and then what follows. This is found in Acts chapter 7 from verse 51. Let's just hear the word of God and the power of this word. And I'd like you to focus as well if you see the punctuation and the exclamations in which this is shared. This is Stephen speaking and he says, You stiff-necked people! Exclamation mark. Your hearts and your ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resisted the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And you now have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through the angels have not obeyed it. And here we hear the response. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. They gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of, the, of, of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelled at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, Receive my spirit. Then he fell at his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold these sins against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Friends, this passage is so incredibly powerful. We're going to be looking at the life of Stephen and we're going to see how we need to deal with forgiveness when there's pain in the offering. 
this word alone, just as I say that and as you've heard this word as I've read it, I know that the Lord is already going to start speaking to us about the things that we need and the people we, we battle to forgive because many of us are still hurting. And so I'd like to just open with prayer. Father, you, you know our hearts, Lord. Lord, we bring you what your word will be sharing with us this morning. Lord, you know the hurts we've experienced, how hard it is for us to forgive, Lord. Father, you know the people that you are placing Holy Spirit on our hearts as we hear this word. And I ask, Lord, that for each one of us, you would enable us to be changed today. Lord, minister to us because forgiveness is hard. But you command us to, you seek us to do that. And Lord, in this time, Holy Spirit, will you meet us and enable us to forgive in the midst of the pain. In Jesus' name. So, to understand the life of Stephen, I actually have to give a little bit of a backstory because you don't really know much about him just from the passage that we're going to be preaching into. So I've got to just give you some kind of idea of why him specifically. Now, as I said before, the Bible tells us we have to go back to Acts chapter 6, but I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later. But principally, um, we have, uh, what we do have is we have someone that is, that is one of the first believers, and we hear in the Bible that what they did is um, the apostles basically had a dilemma. They had a problem, a real practical problem that they had to solve. The, the early believers, the widows of a certain group, were not getting their daily rations. So the apostles, they were pastors, they were apostles, but they weren't supply chain managers. They had a distribution problem. And they were frustrated and they were disappointing people and they needed help. So they go to the believers they, they, and Luke, the, 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 the writer of, of Acts, says that he goes, they went to the, to the disciples, which is the believers, uh, both men and women, and they put this question to them. Pick seven men full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit and we will charge them to actually do this. So we read that in Acts chapter 6 from verses uh, five, uh, 3 to 5. And I'd just like to read that briefly. This is the apostle speaking and it's saying, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn these responsibilities over to them and will give, them our, and give our attention to the prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit goes on to mention the rest of the people but Stephen specifically we hear some of his characteristics he's a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit we then hear a little bit later in verse 8 that the Lord used him mightily to do wonders uh, within the body we read that in, in verse 8 it says now Stephen a man full of God's grace and power performed great wonders and signs among the people this verse alone is a whole message on its own. It's a message of faith for you and me. Because he was not an apostle. He was a believer in Jesus Christ. But with full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, with grace and power, God enabled him to do mighty wonders. When we pray for people, when humanly things seem so impossible, this verse gives me the faith to know that my God, in the name of Jesus, could do miracles, wonders and signs as the body needs it. 
Um, that's a separate message, but I get excited just reading this verse. We also hear about this guy that um, because of this grace and this power that he had through the Holy Spirit, he was able to debate with the religious leaders and always won the argument. Um, the verse specifically is found in verse 10, and it reads like this, but they could not stand up against him with the wisdom, with, uh, against the wisdom and the spirit had gave him as he spoke. So he had wisdom and the spirit enabled him to debate and to clear the truth in God's power and God's grace to them. And the result of this, so we just get a picture of this man, someone who's full of wisdom, he's able to serve the, the widows. You can imagine serving widows. It's not an easy thing. Um, and, it's, and it's a thing that he's done with grace. He's ministering to people. He's, he's able to bless them in many ways. And in the same space, that's what we see of Stephen in the believers. But on the other side, when he confronts the world, there is this conflict that happens. You can imagine the hatred and the, and the, and the animosity that occurs as he debates with the religious leaders. And every time they sense that they're wrong and he's right and they can't stand it. And so the, the conflict is there. The spiritual battle is happening. And so then we hear they bring false allegations against him. And we read from Acts chapter 6, verse 11, and it says, They secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speaking blasphemy words about Moses and against God. So they, stripped, they, they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him to the Sanhedrin. So we have this picture, this conflict that's happening, and we see that something's about to happen. And chapter 6 begins or ends with this incredible verse. If you've got this picture of this, of this beautiful man who'd been blessed by God to serve the body, but now it seems like there's pain in the offering. And we hear that he's put before the Sanhedrin, and Acts chapter 6 verse 15 ends with this incredible statement. It says this, and gazing at him, this is the council in the Sanhedrin, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. For all of us now, as we, as we, as we look at the passage that we're about to read, this is the man that is going to teach you and me through God's word what it means to handle and be part of an environment when you know there's pain in the offering. But you know you need to forgive. And what this word is about to teach us is just so profound. And so as I said, it starts off with, with us experiencing 1 to 50 verses of an incredible sermon that he gives to the Sanhedrin. And at the end of that defense that he gives, he makes this incredible bold statement. And as I read it before, just to highlight one or two things from that specific passage, um, which is, is just so profound... From the goat get-go in verse 51, he starts off by saying, you stiff-necked people. Imagine being someone in authority, spiritual authority, someone who's controlled the, the, the city, the nation, to be told by somebody that you're a stiff-necked person. And if that's not even you know, enough, he goes on to say that you have always resisted the Holy Spirit. Take that. Boom. And if that's not all, he says that um, he says that, and you have betrayed and murdered 
the Messiah. And then he ends with, with saying, you were put in charge to obey. You were given the word of God, the knowledge of God. And you did not obey it. Now, if you can think of the scene that is set before you, this is like, this is just ready for something really, really horrific to happen. And so, we now look at what Stephen teaches us, some four principles of how we need to handle those kind of situations. For many of us in this room, we know that when we are confronted with things that are just not right, when we are continually put into positions where we're accused, where we know that irrespective, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to be humiliated. Um, the first thing that the Lord teaches us, you just look at the sequence of this. This teaching alone, this specific lesson, as I was preparing the word, the Lord just helped me to do things differently. If you can just see it as I, as I read it, they respond to his, his proclamation. And we read the next thing that is said, and that is um, verse 54, we hear about their response to everything he said. And we hear, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth to him. So you have this picture in your heart of what it's like to know when someone is so upset with you that they actually are, are, are gnashing their teeth at you. That there's this moment, and this is the first thing that I learned as I was preparing this message, is that God allows us each to have that moment to recognize what's about to come. And it's, of course, how we respond in that moment is, is important. Do we respond as we are humiliated to defend ourselves and out of selfish intent to try and just say something or do something, although we know that the ultimate battle will be an absolute disaster and it will just spiral into darkness? Or do we respond as what Stephen's going to teach us in the next section? This little bit of teaching alone was for me just... You know, it's amazing when you start preparing word how the Lord says, well, I've got to show you this in your own life. Where at least by knowing, ah, oh, there's the moment. Because most of the time, you, you just naturally react at ourself. You naturally want to respond and defend. And you naturally don't allow God into that moment. And it always is a disaster. Where, when you're quiet, alone, and away from home, you're thinking about, Lord, trying to justify the reason why you said that in response. And you get to that space where you realize, Lord, I know you would not have said that. I know, Lord, that that was wrong. I know, Lord, that I've driven that person further away from me. And through my testimony, I've driven them further away from you if they don't know the Lord. That's the lesson, friends. God gives us the moment that we need to be able to stand and, and, and honestly know, okay, this is it. How do I respond? Do I respond out of the natural or do I respond as God wants us to respond? And so the second lesson is we, we are shown this profound, wonderful thing, the way, the way Stephen responds to the fact that he's seeing what's coming. He knows what's coming. So we read then in verse um, 55 this profound statement where it says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing in the right hand of God, and he said, 
I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. For many of us, when you just read that, you think, so, okay, Ken, that's profound, but what does that mean to me and you? There's some amazing principles that we need to apply in every situation where we are faced with the reality where we know there's going to be pain. What, what Stephen teaches us right now is that his focus is on Jesus. He looks into heaven. He sees Jesus and his focus is on Jesus. And he, he in, in, in our terms, I think in, in his case, it was a physically real kind of guardians of the galaxy, two universes seeing one another right in that moment. But for me and you, it's a moment of faith to bring Jesus into that situation. It's for us to focus on Jesus and bring Jesus into that moment. It's, it's just as the Bible says that, we, that, that what is proclaimed in the Lord's, Lord's, Lord's Prayer, where it says that, that you know, it's, it's a, simple, a simple prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in that moment as it is in heaven. I have this picture in my mind of as we're confronted with this moment where the conflict's about to explode. If we can see Jesus standing off his throne in our situation and in that moment with us, we're able to change our focus from wanting to do something in our own strength and to respond that like Stephen did by giving God the glory. By giving God the glory. When we give the Lord Jesus the glory, we cannot respond out of self because all the glory is his. And whatever that is, as the Holy Spirit leads you, it's definitely not the way that we would do it in self. I wish it was something profound, but in my case, it's mostly just to keep quiet. To not respond how that person expects me to respond. As hard as it is to handle the humiliation of what I'm about to experience from that person who, who wants to fight, who wants, to, who wants me to engage, who wants me to to respond to, to the brokenness that he's, he's, he's speaking into my life. But I know in doing that, I'm giving God the glory. And I know that Jesus is with me in that moment. And there's a, a, there's a joy that, that, that settles in one's heart when you've done something which is just not of self. And that is what Stephen is teaching us. And I believe in faith that it is real for us. And the more we, we, we own that in our lives, in these moments, faith moments result in hearts changed. Because we're doing things in faith. We're not doing them in the natural. And people respond to seeing faith in people's lives. Living, breathing, as it is on earth, right now here, as it should be in heaven. And it is a blessing. This is a profound, profound truth for me. And I just summed it up by saying, in Stephen's case, he was preparing himself to be stoned. He saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing at the right side of God. He's not sitting on his throne. You've got to have that picture in your mind. He actually stands up off his throne. And he's, he's standing. There's a response from Jesus to what is about to happen. There's a response from Jesus in our lives when we're about to face the hurt. And it was more than enough for him. And then we learn the next lesson. How does he respond to the pain?
We read in verse 57. It says, As they covered their ears and were yelling at the top of their voice, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Each of us in this room, the pain that is described in this scene is horrific. It's a terrible, terrible way to die. It's not an instant thing. But we read in verse, verse um, 38, well, as I said, that they cast him out into the city and stoned him. And then we read in verse um, 59, if you can give that to me, um, 59 and 60. Uh, Alex, I think I've, you can just go back to that. just want to read what Stephen's response is. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my sins. Receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold these sins against him, against them. Stephen's example in the midst of pain is to forgive his enemies. Forgiving people can be one of the toughest things that Christ has commanded us to do. But it's something that he commands us to do. The Bible is full of examples how Jesus sacrificed himself for our sins on that cross. He shows it to us through his life as he forgives us of our sins. That's just part of him teaching us as well in the word, in the gospels, in, in the letters by Paul, sharing with us how we should forgive one another. Jesus commands us to forgive friends. And the question that I found myself asking myself is how many of us in this room have truly experienced forgiveness from someone on earth? I wrote it down like this. How many of us have, have, been hurt, have hurt somebody really badly? And you've asked them to forgive you. And you've really experienced them forgive you. Like it's defined in the Bible forgiving. That they completely release you. That they never once bring up that thing ever again. It's as if it has never happened. When you look them in the eye, you're expecting to see some sense of resentment. But all you receive is love. That's the kind of forgiveness that the Lord is calling us to, 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 to demonstrate to those that have hurt us and continue to hurt us. The sad thing is, for us Christians, we don't get this right often. But the good news is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you've experienced this because you've experienced this through Jesus. You know and you know that you know that the Lord has forgiven you of so much that because of that you are able 
to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to forgive that person like I know you've forgiven me. Because I know what it means to be forgiven. I know it's difficult to hear this when you're facing hurts and you continue to face hurts day in and day out. But this is the truth that God calls us to. He wants to be part of you in the midst of that hurt. But he's calling you to a different standard. I try to summarize it, what it means to me and how I can, you know, the more you believe this truth and the more this word becomes a reality to you, the more you can stand on it and believe it in the midst of these terrible things that we experience in our life. And um, I'm going to use some words, but I, I tried my best just to kind of encapsulate it for all of us. And, and, and this is it. You know, I, I just said, Lord, despite, despite me, despite my continuous failure, my shortcomings and, and my foolish heart. I know my wife is like ticking the box in all of those there as I, as I say that. I know this to be true. That God imputed, it's a big word, the righteousness. Let me explain that. That God sees the rightness, the absolute glorious rightness of Jesus Christ when he looks at me. He imputed that rightness into me through what he did on that cross. Because I know that Jesus died on that cross for my sins. Not only did he die on that cross for my sins, he took the wrath of God for everything that I've done. All the sins in the past, the present, and the future. So that when the Father sees me, he sees the rightness of Jesus and not my rightness. Because my rightness is like filthy rags to God. The good things that I think I am doing are like dirt. But Jesus' rightness is what, we, what the Lord sees because he has died and his blood has set me free. We sang that this morning. And it is such an incredible thing because I know that he has set me free from so many things that I know I could never honestly ever stand before God because of those things. And because I know that he set me free from those sins, it changes the way we are. It changes the way we can approach forgiving someone that continually hurts us from forgiving people that out of nowhere just know which button to push. It gives us the courage because you see the Lord sees you and says you are forgiven, you are spotless, you are sanctified, you are made holy through the holiness of Jesus Christ. And because of that, not because of arrogance, and not because I'm a, a cripple, but because I can stand on that truth, I can say, Lord, I'm hurting I'm feeling humiliated. I'm feeling that I want to just say something that will just hurt back. But Lord, in this moment, I choose to forgive that person. And Lord, if I have to do it again tomorrow when that person hurts me again, I'm going to do that because I know this you will be glorified. And I know that you have forgiven them. Help me, Lord, Holy Spirit, to not react the way my heart and my inner being wants to. Stephen teaches us that, and it's the most amazing thing. And, and simply put, it's, it, for me, it starts off in the morning with me coming before the Lord where I allow the word as I read the word and allow the word to speak into my heart. Um, I, I, I encourage you, if you want this, 
Christo shared about just receiving the Holy Spirit. Friends, you need this daily because you need to be so, so excited about being in the presence of the Lord, letting his word speak to you. You need this to face the kind of world that we face every day where we're terrible to one another. We need this so that we can anticipate. And friends, you need to anticipate the moments when sin comes knocking and that, that pain is just like this. And when you're most vulnerable, you need to ask the Lord to, give, make you, to be ready for the fact that you're going to be hurt so that you can respond properly. Because in my case, um, the next thing, I'm just responding in self because I, I'm just vulnerable at that time. But I, I really want to share this with you. It's, it's a, it, is a, it is a repentive moment that you have with the Lord in trusting Him, asking Him to forgive you for doing it again and just taking the courage to this day to respond with grace and with God's glory. And then the final teaching I'd like to share about this is that yes, it is a personal thing when we, when we have to come before our Lord and, and seek that forgiveness, own that forgiveness. But you know, the truth of it is that forgiveness mostly is in the context of relationships. And this is where it takes courage, friends. Forgiveness is in the context of when we've done something wrong, when there's, there's something we've done which has hurt somebody, um, where there's, we've just, our responsibilities weren't there, uh, there's a sinful attitude which we've displayed, there's um, just pride. There's, but it's in relationship. It's that person knows it. That person's carrying that with you. And in that space, it's usually the ones we love. We need to have the courage to confront them and to ask them to forgive us. Friends, the world we live in doesn't know the word forgiveness. The world we live in, people use the word I'm sorry like it's a clanging gong that we hear in the background in the village. Um, it's a word that is meaning nothing anymore to many of us. But just try and say, will you forgive me? And allow that person to respond to that forgiveness. It's a completely different thing. If you're like me, who speaks German and Swiss German, you know, as tut me light is something you hear all the time. Entschuldigung. Um, and it just, it, you know that there's nothing in it, but it's something that someone just says. Try to say to that person, when you've messed up and you've put the wrong things in the wrong bin or whatever it is, and just say to them, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And watch the response you will receive because it will break through all that other stuff because you're responding to them to want them to, to actually say something. But it takes courage. And that's the lesson that we learned. When we are seeking forgiveness and as we speak it out yes we do that to the lord but i know in many parts it requires us to go humbly to that person and ask them to forgive us and be surprised with what god does friends those are the four lessons that we see out of this incredible teaching from god and as stephen teaches us in his moment of of absolute darkness how he glorifies the Lord, how he uses the moment to focus on the Lord. And, and really, as I said, it is something personal. It's something that you and I 
need to do personally. And, and, and I want to just back that up with a scripture that's found in Colossians chapter 3. And I'd like us to read this. I, I'd like to read this to you as the worship team comes forward. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. It says this. Bear with each other and forgive whenever grievances you may have against that one, one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In that verse alone, we are taught as believers how we need to respond to one another. We need to bear it with one another. And we need to do it in love. Not with self-righteousness, not because being called to do that because that's what God says. It's a humbling moment where we bear with one another and we forgive like Jesus forgives. Like we've been taught how Jesus forgives. It's summarized in this verse in Colossians. Friends, I know when I speak about forgiveness, it's not an easy topic. But this morning, we sang a song that speaks about what it means to experience the Lord just answering that moment. And we're going to be just hearing it in the background. And what I'm going to be doing now is I'm going to uh, really just focus on how I felt the Lord was showing me within our body the different groups of us who are experiencing this word and can relate to it in specifically in our lives. And as, as we hear this, it's, it's a moment of, of you just reflecting before the Lord and just coming into that space where you personally know that God is speaking to you. And it is something I want you in your heart to respond to. We'll end up by singing a bit of the song. Um, I will close for us in prayer and then we'll have a final song. But I want you to just to reflect on when I mention these specific kind of scenarios. I know that the Lord was speaking to me. And I'm trusting that in this attitude of prayer and this attitude of allowing this word to speak to you, you will not let this moment pass. But you'll let the Lord speak to you where you need to forgive. Where you need to, to experience him like Stephen did. For some of us in this room, we're the ones hurting. And the Lord is convicting us right now. Because of course we continue to do this. We need to humble ourselves before our Lord and Savior. Because the Lord says, I have forgiven you. Of all those things in the past, the present and the future. I see you spotless. But you know in your heart that what you're doing and you continue to do is wrong. And the Lord says, go and sin no more. Stop it. Stop it, Ken. You're hurting that person. Go and ask that person to be for forgiveness. The Lord is speaking to each of us on this topic. For many of us in this room, there are those of us that are so angry, so bitter. Because deep down inside, we know that it's just not fair, Lord. And we've been in that circle of hopelessness and that continued circle of hopelessness. What the Lord has said to you today in this place 
is that here is the hope. Here is the way in which you will break that cycle of circle of hopelessness. Bring me into that situation. See me in faith standing there with you. Glorify me. Look to me. From where shall our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and the mountains. For those people that are in that space, this is the hope that we have. If you continue to experience that in your work, in your homes, wherever it might be, the Lord is saying, this is the hope. Allow me in. Let me be part of this. And in faith, watch what happens as you respond to glorify me in faith. And therefore then, there's also the third group. There's some of us here and maybe online, maybe you can't see this cross. But as you've looked at this cross for the first time in your life, You've looked at a cross and you've realized that this Lord loves you in all your brokenness and everything that you've done in the past and everything you continue to have done. He loves me and what he's done for me is more than enough. And I want to humble myself at this moment. I want to come to that cross and I want to say to the Lord, I want to be your son. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be set free, Lord. I want to experience that, that sense of knowing that I am forgiven because I'm living with that guilt of all those ugly things I continue to do. Friends, if you're in that group, I ask you with all my heart, don't let this moment pass. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. We are living testimonies of seeing God give us the courage to know what it means to be forgiven. I don't think it's possible for us to forgive someone if we don't know the forgiveness we've received from Jesus. If you're in that space, please come and see us afterwards. I invite you to stand as we, as we just sing this last little chorus. I know the Lord has been speaking to us. There's not too much more that I need to say specifically. But what I do know is that we need to respond personally. I'm going to allow us just to quietly, just you and the Lord. You know in which group you find yourself. The Lord is saying, my son and my daughter, you are forgiven. You can forgive. I know the hurt will be there. It will only not be there when you see me in glory. But I can teach you how to forgive. Just in a moment of silence, speak to your king. Come before the Lord of lords.